Welcome listeners to episode 11 of the Running Guy podcast, where I aim to provide informative content and interviews with elite athletes from around the world, like in today's episode where I'm chatting to a distance runner whose progression is no doubt heading in the right direction. Recently pacing elite women in the Sydney Marathon and finishing in a time of 2.24 and clocked a PB of 2.21.43 in the Tokyo Marathon back in March. My guest will be racing the Melbourne Marathon on Sunday, of which I'm assuming to improve on his 2.21. Welcome, Dion Filancario. How are you going, mate? Good, mate. How are you going? Thanks for having me. No worries, mate. Look, 10 a.m. on a public un- public holiday Monday morning. I assume you've already been out for a run? I have. Oh, you've got a public holiday. We don't have one today. Oh, really? I thought it was a national holiday. No. Oh, there you go, mate. Yeah, yeah, up in New South Wales, ACT, all that area. I just, yeah, I always thought it was oh, October. Got Labor Day. I think it's Labor Day, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Labor Day in, uh, I think it was in May. Yeah, right. Okay. I just always thought it was a national holiday. There you go. I learn something every day. Um, look, mate. Um, so, yeah. So, what did you do this morning for your run? I just did an easy sort of hour run. Um, okay. Yep. Probably started out a bit easy and then just sort of finished a bit faster. And, you know, all of my um, my runs have sort of just, yeah, just now just sort of an hour will be the maximum run I'll do. And, you know, I'll do an hour tomorrow and an hour on Wednesday and yep, yep. Um, and just sort of do a half an hour around the day before. Okay. So it's all pretty easy going this week, no doubles. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Mate, um, obviously the big dance has come around pretty quick with uh, only four weeks between Sydney and Melbourne. Um, how's the body as a whole sort of feeling and how have you sort of navigated through the process of recovering and then preparing in, in that short time window? Oh, not not too bad actually. The body's pretty good, and like you know, the turnaround of marathons is not usually that much of a problem. Like before Sydney, I ran the Sunshine Coast in two twenty three, and it was like four or five weeks before that. And um, this this weekend will be my eighth marathon this year, and they've all been under two, all under two hours thirty. So okay. I'm, not, I'm not too bad with backing up. And even last year, I did twelve marathons. Right. Wow. Wow, okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, and I believe you're a massage therapist, is that correct? I am, yes, down in okay. Right, yeah, so that sort of give you the flexibility to fit your sort of runs in around that? Yeah, it's, re- it's been really good, actually. Um, you know, they're very supportive, just like, you know, I just am able to say there's this race that I want to do or things okay. like that. Um, uh, you know, last year I went to China a couple of times for races, which I was sort of um, – invited over as, as an elite and um i was able to go and do those sort of events because work is really um good with um me sort of following my running journey and i, I guess it does add some credibility to be going through the motions with a lot of what i guess my patients go through so um, okay. but yeah work has been really good um i'm very yeah sort of lucky to be in a role that i am i know a okay. lot of others and, and who's, who's that you work for sorry um, physio at Sandringham, and that's okay. in, uh, yeah, in Sandringham. Right, yeah. Okay, excellent. Excellent. Um, like, running can be pretty uh, fatiguing on the upper body as well as well as the legs. Do you sort of feel you're struggling with, with some clients sometimes giving a massage if you sort of still feel a little bit fatigue in the arms? Or? Yeah, I do get a bit of uh, fatigue in the arms and, like, the yeah. hands. And um, yeah. So I, I do try and use, you know, other parts of, my body, you know, just like a bit of um, 
yeah, I do some dry needling and that sort of takes pressure off my hands and things like okay. that. So, um, yeah. you know, it, however I make it work and at least it's not like physically too demanding on my legs and everything, you know, I'm sanding, yeah. but it's quite passive sort of work. Okay. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk about your marathon training. How does your, your prep normally look like as far as volume and sessions go as you're sort of building up towards a marathon? Yeah, um, well, the preparation has been, I, I feel like it's been really good. Uh, I, it's probably been my best preparation, uh, even faster than or even more sort of comprehensive than Tokyo. So I feel like I've given myself the best opportunity to run well this weekend and I've probably been known to be doing like lots of kilometers but in the last year I've really sort of brought it back and I think my biggest week might have been like 184 or something so it's still a bit but it's nowhere near what I used to do when I got up to like 250 k's and I would but I would just sort of break down before an event so okay. I think yeah. having a bit more um, ration to hold back has been what's enabled me to hit a lot of my sessions and then still recover between events and things like that yeah sure sure yeah yeah okay and um as, as far that, that's your volume guys are you normally do a couple of sessions a week or yeah i'll do sessions on a tuesday on a thursday and sort of every second sunday so okay. that way from one sunday i will have an easy run to recover and usually it might even be a race that second Sunday. So the next Sunday is always like a recovery week anyway. Okay. Yep. Yep. Now, as far as your taper goes, mate, how's that look like for Dion? I still be running every day. Yep. And my long run yesterday, oh, on the weekend, it was Saturday actually, it was just 20K and that was just all quite easy because I did a hard one the week before. And... Yeah, I'll do an hour today, tomorrow I'll do some 1K repeats and then hour jog on Wednesday, Thursday, I'll just do some short one-minute efforts with a minute recovery and then Friday, Saturday, sort of like 50 minutes, 30 minutes and then the marathon and yeah, that sort of just involves doing a couple of K warm-up and a couple of run-throughs and hopefully be ready to hit hit pace pace from the start sure yeah, yeah. that's okay. pretty much the week of running yeah right yeah now obviously you compete on a high level on the road and the track but um on the trails as well um competing in ultra marathons do you sort of feel that your running on on that on the hard stuff has improved from the strength and gains that you've got from running more elevation and and on the trails when you're preparing for the ultra marathons i definitely think that I've become a very strong sort of versatile runner and yes, with doing ultras and, you know, long runs and things like that. And I do a lot of it on footpath just because it's close to home. But, I, you know, I also, when I was working as a chef, I used to do ultra marathons and really long runs and things like that. But then I would have to work for like 10 hours straight away afterwards. So, sure. yeah. you know, there was even... I remember this one day where I actually did a six-hour race on the track and I ran 85 kilometres. I showered at the race and then drove straight to work. Yeah, uh, yeah. In the middle of summer, I was like sweating it out and, 
you know, yeah. I had compression pants on and then I had my chef pants on and my jacket and everything. Sure. And it was just, it was a really busy day. And, you know, that, that's just the sort of stuff that would happen to me every yeah. week after my racing. So now that I'm not doing that, it's sort of me, meant that I do recover better, but that yep. doing what I did back then has probably given me a bit of resilience in the legs and I guess being able to put up with some short-term hardship. Um, sure. And yeah, I feel like my running is a, a combination of things. You know, I'm definitely yep. more solid runner than a lot of other runners at my okay. sort of speed. Yep, for sure, for sure. Do you um sort of receive any assistance as far as product sponsorship from any running associated companies? I do, I do get some um, uh, product sponsorships, and that's with Hocker, Oni okay. Oni, um, yep. Hammer Nutrition yep. as well, um, and also the the Running Club, which is just a, a new um, platform that's coming out as well. Um, so okay. yeah, that and and work is obviously very good. Like I get all my treatments at work as well, and they sort mm. of look after. Okay, yeah, Hocker would be good seeing they're using the road and the and the trail shoes and they're sort of. Uh, yeah, some pretty good products these days. So yeah, yeah, that's they, good. they definitely have like really um, shown t- to me that they do have a huge sort of range. And uh, I think that what the thing that really strikes with me is they do um, track all the way through to ultras, and that sort of type of runner that I am, I, I like to do a bit of everything. So uh, it sort of sits really well with me. And um, yeah, I, I love running in the in the gear. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Now, in your marathon prep, do you sort of still run trails to sort of minimise the banging the legs up, you know, that you get on the road? Um, yeah, and sometimes, you know, I find when I run on the trails, it tends to sort of slow me up a little bit, so it sort of prevents you running running too fast. Do you find that? Yeah, I, I do like running on, you know, trail gravel. I, I, I just love running on gravel. Okay. And, but, um, yeah, when when I do get the opportunity, I do like to – go out and run on some trails and we've got some all right trails in in melbourne but usually for me they're just a bit of a drive and um yeah sometimes it's, it's not to be to be able to get the time okay. to go out but um yep. yeah most of this prep has been um pretty flat actually i've i've had a bit of a hamstring niggle for about 14 weeks or something so um running hard up hills is actually um given me a bit of grief so i've just tried to stay off the hills for a little bit but normally i do like to get on the hills um, and run on the trails yep yep now while we're sort of on the subject of the trails and the ultra marathons would you um or are you considering any of the i guess the big dogs of the race calendar such as like utmb or western states in the future um i'm not so much for utmb or uta any any of those sort of things where there's like stairs okay Um, Anything where there's like you have to walk it, I'm not really interested. Sure. Um, things where there's like, you know, a short thing of, you know, 100 metres of stairs, that, that's sort of fine. Or, you know, okay. I don't mind like a, a, a decent hill incline. But, yeah, um, yeah as, as long as it's runnable, so, you know, something yeah. like Serco Century or, um, yeah. you know, the two bays which I've done and Western States I would do. I'm doing, I'm actually doing Comrades next year. Oh, fantastic. Uh, Yep, that was so, my next question. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I, I did that. I did that this year, and uh, that was the up year, and uh, yeah, fantastic event. You'll love it, mate. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, mm. but, yeah, I, I do love some of the big sort of you know worldwide known 
ultras. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I wouldn't even, you know, dis- discard something like the Badwater. Sure. Um, okay. Just a bit of a crazy event. Yeah, it is. Something it is like nuts, that. Um, that would be scary the amount of heat you got to deal yeah, with. Yeah, 24 hour track racing, you know, okay. I would something like that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Now, over the years, has there been any sort of significant changes that you've um, sort of made to your marathon training as far as volume or changing things around a little bit and something that's worked or sort of finding things, that, how your body responds better? Uh, I guess so. A few changes that I've made, particularly in the last year or two, is reducing my mileage. Okay. Yep. Uh, normally, I would just go out and, you know, just do heaps of runs and, and I was probably just probably training a bit too fast on my easy runs and then I was not recovered enough to then run particularly fast on my harder runs. So sure. I've really sort of scaled that better so that my easier runs, I, I try and keep, you know, around a certain heart rate. Yep. And it, it's not like it, as long as it feels fine, but... um. And then for the hard runs, it's like I really do give myself every opportunity to run hard and fast so that, you know, the next day for my easy run, I just run to feel and I don't want to – I try and really hold back as well. Um, yep. So, yeah, I, and I do listen to my my body a fair bit these days. You know, I if I, I – sometimes I get a little bit – you know, hard to leave the ego at the door, and um, you know, yeah, sure. recently you know, I've had run, I've had days where I'm like, yeah, I'm a bit sore, and I've not run. So, and you know, in long term, I'm able to then be on the running track for a lot longer because I feel like I've been giving myself the the rest that I need, and you know, I, I do a lot of body maintenance, and you know, I get the regular massage and physio, and you know, do the gym and. Yeah, things like yep. that. So they're the, they're the main sort of things. I've just been a bit more holistic with the approach to my my body, and so yep. it, it might not be doing specific runs differently, but it's the things outside of running that I've probably changed the most. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it seems to be more of a general consensus these days. It's uh, yeah, either run easy or, or, or run hard, and uh, and it's all about recovery in between sessions and. Um, if you only got one day between the sessions and and you're not feeling right, then uh, yeah, don't be scared to put it off until your body's ready to do it. Um, then the day, it's all about you know getting the volume and the and the quality, and rather than to sort of chase the numbers or stare at the at the watch and go off what the watch is telling you, rather than tune into what the body's trying to tell you. So yeah, it's definitely the way to go. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and even yeah. sleep is a really big thing as well. You know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You go and do these runs. You, you know, you make the time, but it eats into your sleep and eventually it'll probably, you know, your body will just say, oh, no, that's enough. And so, yes, yeah, sleep also is an important thing and I do yeah. try and a fair bit of that as well. Yeah, like you said, the more holistic approach, looking at the other things outside the actual training session itself because it all impacts in the end of the day on your performance and how well you recover. So, yeah, sleep, nutrition, hydration, and all those things, like you said, self Self sort of massage and uh, TLC, it all adds up for sure, mate. You won the Hobart Marathon back in uh, January in a time of two twenty-seven thirty-seven. Um, you won that by six minutes. We, I mean, obviously you won, but were you happy with the way it sort of played out there with your with your performance on that day? And how is that course to run? Uh, 
Um, yeah, that was actually interesting. Um, about 15 k's in, I was running with another guy, um, Peter Bracken, and um, we were chasing down uh, the guy that was in front, Charlie Park, and you know, I just said, oh, you know, we we both just wanted to run, you know, close to 3:30, just under, and there was a training run for my Tokyo marathon, and I just said, yeah, no, we'll just catch him eventually, and you know, we got to 30k, and um, and then we were all three of us were together, but then you know, not long after, I was actually just by myself out the front, and I sort of just got a bit of a adrenaline and then picked up the pace and you know my fastest kilometer was running up that big hill at the end of the race which um and i think it was like a 308 so significantly faster than the rest of my race so i felt like it was more of like a tempo run um but yeah it is a good good course it is definitely a rolling hills in that course and at the very end of the, the race you do have that big hill to climb so okay. if you've gone a bit too hard too early and you're hurting that hill, you're probably going to want to walk it. Um, but it is it is otherwise a really, really great course. Um, you know, I've done, and the thing is, at that time of year in January, it's pretty cool in Hobart. You know, and it's yeah, it's it's not a, a huge busy town, so it, it, it's got a really nice vibe to it as well. Okay. Yep. Yeah, excellent. I'm planning on heading down there in January and having a look at it myself. So, yeah, no, it looks a good one. It's it's a funny time of year for a marathon, but uh, not everyone's really up for a marathon in January. But um, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Been a, a lot of indulging on food and correct. Yeah, you know, people yeah. go away overseas. Maybe they want to go see the snow or something. So that's it. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's but then then again, there's a lot of people that. I guess the athletes who have been up at Falls Creek or something like that and then want to come down and test their fitness. Yeah, um, even, in, even in the shorter distance, yeah. So yeah. You, can, you can get a bit of a, a really wide mix and range of athletes at, at the Hobart, yeah. Okay, yep, yep. And I'll say the organisers still offering a $1,000 prize bonus for anyone, uh, well, for the male runner to break 220 with the uh, course record currently 223.39 by, by Scotty McTaggart back in 2010. And for the first female to break 2.45, being the course record of 2.46.27 by Hanny Alston back in 07. So, yeah, an extra grand if you can uh, run a little bit quicker there for you, Dion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see how I pull up after Melbourne. Sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure, mate. At the end of the day, you're not out there for the money. You're out there to run a good run. But, yeah, if you did it, you did it. It'd be fantastic. Um, mate, have you, have you ran Melbourne Marathon before? Um, I have. I've run it a bunch of times. This will be, I think, this will be my eighth Melbourne Marathon. Oh, wow! Wow! Okay. So, what's the fastest you've placed down there? The fastest uh, marathon I've ever, I've ever run. Um, actually, I think it was uh, two hours thirty-eight. Okay. Um, back in twenty fourteen. Yeah, maybe 2014 or 13. Okay. I yep. can't even remember now. Yeah, it might have been 2014. Okay. Yeah, 2015, 2015 was going to be my best race, um, but I got about 500 metres from the finish line on track for like a 2.23, but then I passed out uh, uh, and did uh, Callum Hawkins. and. Oh, really? Uh, wow. 
Um, so yeah, that was 2015 would have been my best, but then yeah. 2016 I just I'll use it as a training run for the 100k world champs. Um, 2017 I actually did the half, and then last year I just paced one of my um, running clients that I've been coaching, and we just paced him to a, a sub three. And um, okay. so yeah, hopefully this year I can sort of have a bit of redemption. Sure. sure. I haven't raced Melbourne. 2015 when I passed out. Okay. If I can ask you to listen to a question posted on the Running Guys Driver Club um, by Christy Wickett out of Canberra, who's also running Melbourne Marathon on the weekend. Um, she asked, can you ask Dion what his week of and race day, race day nutrition will be? So I assume Christy's asking what, what's your nutrition like during the week? Do you, do you change it? Possibly she's asking uh, maybe carbo load and uh, yeah, how do you go with your nutrition on the day? Yeah, it's uh, always a, a topical conversation talking about race day nutrition. Um, but I'll sure. start with the, um, the lead-in with the fueling. Um, I'll, I'll probably pretty much go ahead with my normal sort of diet throughout the week and I'll probably try and reduce a little bit of what I'm eating just because my mileage has obviously come down a fair bit. Um, so I, I don't feel as hungry. So I'll, I'll just try and make sure that I'm not eating my regular bigger portions while I'm training hard. Um, but I guess that's sort of, you know, and just go for the healthier options where you can, you know, like I just try and, you know, I don't put like, I have like wraps for dinner or something and I won't put like an a mayonnaise or anything in it. I'll just put some like chili in there instead. So it's sort of like oh. less saturated fats and things like that. Um, okay. You know, I know that after the race I can go and do that again, so that's fine. Um, but in terms of like um, carb loading, um, I guess I've I've been doing a bit of work on my fueling and um, and the strategy of which I sort of take food before the race and after. But um, yeah, Friday sort of looks like Friday will be the exact same as Saturday. So I will have sourdough toast. So the sourdough um, is sort of already partially broken down the, gl the gluten in the bread. So better than just normal white bread because um, your body doesn't have to work as hard to break down the gluten. And then, you know, I'll just have white rice um, for lunch, maybe with some tuna, maybe a little bit of vegetables. So I've really gotten rid of the vegetables um, majority anyway, and, you know, I'll have a snack of um, some rice crackers. So they're, they're close to 90% carbohydrate. So for 100 grams, you get a lot of carbs, so you don't actually have to take on the as much volume of food. Um, and then we'll, dinner will be pretty much the same as lunch, so a couple of cups of white rice that are cooked volume and yeah throughout the day i'll you know i'll have a snack on a banana the rice crackers um and a bag of lollies um and then just try and take that on with uh, you know a fair bit of water as well and yeah but the the much the same will be on a saturday as well so friday and saturday the same and then sunday morning for, on the race I will have 
couple more pieces of sourdough toast and I'll probably have a couple of lollies as well and a coffee. So, yeah, but I haven't, I also haven't had caffeine. Um, I will go two weeks without coffee um, and then load up on coffee on Sunday morning as well. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, as in, as in with it, with the beverage, as in a cup of coffee or, or I'll taking... have a cup of coffee. Yeah. Yep. And then during the race, I'll around 30 kilometers, I'll have a caffeinated gel and yep. about 35, I will have a flat Coke. So, and if I need to, I, like, I'll, in my pocket, I'll carry a no-dose as well. So I'll have a fair bit of caffeine on Sunday. So I might not be able to have a good sleep, but, um, yeah, it's, it's sort of a bit of a sacrifice to skip out on the coffee, but um, I find that I race well when I sort of go without the caffeine and then load up on it. Okay. Have you ever had – do you sort of suffer from, like, any – GI issues towards in the marathon. I know, like I've sort of had the old flat coke up to thirty-five, but sometimes I get down to the last thing I wanna, I wanna put in my mouth because you know you're not feeling a bit seedy and the guts are not feeling great. Yeah, yeah. those issues. Yeah, I have practiced a lot with fueling, and I I do quite a lot of marathons now, and I guess like I'm used to taking on fuel late in a race while running hard quite regularly mm. so I, I don't suffer from it as much as i used to okay. but um you know even even this sunday I'll, I'll be planning to take on eight gels so okay um, yeah and do you that, do, you that, do that in training to get your body used to it like, like the weeks leading into it yeah so i've i've gone out and practice where i could normally go out and do a easy slow state 40 kilometer run mm. um i've actually gone out and you know had a good size breakfast before the run when I probably could run on an empty stomach. Yep. Um, and then I have taken gels quite regularly with the goal of taking like five, six or seven gels in the run. And so I feel like I've sort of stressed my my guts to process fuel and and the way that I take it so that during the race, I've sort of conditioned myself that my body okay. knows how to process sure. yeah. so, at very regular intervals. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So you, you believe there is a training effect there. If you, if you actually practice it in training, more than likely you'll uh, get that yeah. adaptation. Yeah, yeah. absolutely must practice yep. it. It, it. It'd be, you know, to go on a, in a race and then say, oh, I'm going to have a, a few gels. Um, mm. I hope they go down well. You sort mm. of you really do need to actually practice it and make yeah. sure that you've, that you've ma- I don't know if you can ever be the master of or master something like fueling mm. because the weather plays a role and you might need to take on more in a warmer race and you know maybe you're not quite used to taking on more or maybe the weather is making you work a bit harder than what you're used to. So, but yeah, there's no no reason why like. You can't try and play a role in the things that you can control, and um, you know if you can practice your fueling, you, you've given yourself your best chance to having sure. a good result on the day. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm sort of a big believer. I'm sort of a big believer in you know practicing, practicing, and practicing, and you know not not sort of entering the race and sort of hoping for something that you haven't done before. Yep. 
Yeah, it certainly makes a lot of sense. And I guess, you know, trying those gels, putting them in your stomach at, at race pace, because obviously if you go out for a two-hour easy run at five-minute average, but on, on the day you're going to be running, say, 3.30s, clearly it's going to be different stress and you, there's going to be less blood being sent to your stomach and GI is going to be under different stress. So I guess it's important to putting those gels in every 20, 30 minutes at at race pace when you're under load rather than trying to do it just on your easy runs. Would you agree with that or? Yes, yeah, yeah, definitely, you know, practicing your, your fueling on those harder runs as well. So, you know, yeah. even, you know, last week I, last weekend I had a, what was it, like a 30K run, but I did 20 kilometres where it was 1K hard, 1K sort of steady. Um, and I was practicing gels as well. So practicing on your easy runs in making sure that you distress your guts to process fuel, but then on your hard days, you can just practice your absolute race day plan. So not having yeah. to take, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now, do you have sort of any coping mechanisms that you sort of have implemented over the years, sort of when you're, entering the hurt locker in those later stages of the marathon, you know, such as, you know, counting cue words to relax memories of previous encounters of, of yeah. times got tough, yeah? Um, well, one thing that I love, um, I just smile at people, you know, because okay. then they'll yeah. smile back or they might say something to you or, um, you know, what, you know, I'll wave to somebody. Uh, I feel like you wave to one person on the side of the road and then, like, the next ten people – that have seen you wave to that person then want to ride on that sort of energy and then you just get like you get more of it back um okay. i find that that really helps um you know i sort of you, you try and focus on the things that you've done well and you know for me i'll think oh i've had a good training preparation or oh it's you know this is a nice place to run wherever i am this is you know i wouldn't have gotten to see in a place like this um if i was if it wasn't for running so just just being thankful that you're out there and um yeah i i just really think positive thoughts and other things i might do um in terms of you know the racing i'll um try and focus on somebody that's in front of me so whether it's a two-lap marathon course and you can focus on catching the slower half marathon runners or if it's the bigger marathon race and it's you know you can potentially pass people, um, you know, just try and pick off people at a time and maybe have a goal of not letting someone pass you in that second half. Um, and if they do, then, you know, just try and jump on the back of them if you can and maybe even just, um, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think engaging with the crowd is, is probably a big one. That's probably the main thing that I will do on any event where I've been around the world. And more often than not, people will sort of, uh, respond positively to you as well. Okay. Yep. Yep. So just basically all that just acts as a distraction. So it gives you something to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah, don't yeah. focus on anyone. Really. Yeah. 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 Um, have you sort of had any repeat like problematic issues that you've experienced during your marathons over, over the years that you try or have done to minimise arising again, or like anything that's uh, that could be blisters or it could be you know. A, a muscular problem that seems to flare up at certain kilometres. It could be GI, anything like that, or I wouldn't say particularly, um, but oh, 
Yeah, I haven't really had particular issues, okay. which is, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm quite thankful for. But yeah, um, yeah, now that you mention it, there's not really much that I've really had uh, many problems with. You know, in my first marathon, I had a lot of cramping and things like that. But since then, it's, you know, um, touch wood, it's been pretty, pretty good. Yeah. And have you got a number in your head that you'd sort of like to reach over the coming years? as a marathon runner um, and are you sort of solely focused on on the marathon distance at the moment as in a particular time or? yeah well, mate, like you know you've run some pretty good times there um you know do you want to you know become a sub 220 runner is, is that the aim or are you just sort of just keep improving yeah. it? you and see where it goes have you sort of got that goal number in your head i, I definitely do want to break that sub 220 and whether or not it's at melbourne it's you know, it might be further on down the road. Um, but I guess I just want to feel like, and I guess as, even as runners, you know, the nature of it is we, we get a certain run and you think you, you finish a run, you, you start analysing, oh, I lost a second there, I lost this there. And mm. and then so you then you have the carrot in front of you, oh, I could have ran a bit faster. Mm. Or even then when you do hit your goal, it's like, oh, well, I wonder if I can push myself and then go faster. But um, yeah. you know, if I if I ran sub two twenty, I, I would be really content with that. Um, yeah. And you know, say if I did run sub two twenty, potentially I might then think, oh, can I take thirty seconds off or get down yeah. to the next minute? But um, the main goal would be sub two twenty, and yeah. um, and then Thanks. really convert that sort of running into my ultras as well i'd love to run a sort of 630 640 for the 100 kilometers on the road which is okay. sort of like three minutes 55 four minutes per k for 100k so okay that would be a massive a massive goal um mm. to do yeah and what is there um i mean there's a 100k world championships isn't there where there's an australian team would you look at trying to qualify for that or have you actually done that yeah, I've qualified twice and I've okay. raced it in uh, 2016. Is um, I didn't race it last year. I had injury going into it and was there and supported the team but unfortunately couldn't race. Uh, so I would, yeah, want to get a qualified time to yeah. be able to race next year's World Champs. Uh, they're every two years. Okay. Um, and that's Winshoden in the Netherlands. Right, okay, yep. You'd imagine that's flat then. <laughs> I assume most yeah. of them would be flat, would yeah. they? It's a, it's a 10k loop and it's a really right. good course from everything I've heard from other from the others. Yeah, yeah. Now you mentioned before you do a bit of uh, you know what they call prehab, self massage, foam rolling, hot and cold baths, you know all that sort of stuff. Is is that generally what you do? And do you do any specific strength work in the gym? You did mention you go to the gym. Is that something you do sort of periodically, or you try to? Um, get there once, twice a week, or how do you fit that those recovery um, procedures in and that strength work? Uh, I do try and schedule, or I do try and fit all this stuff in. So um, you know, I'll do spa saunas, uh, particularly if I'm training for a warmer event. Like I've trained for Gold Coast the last couple of years, and I've hit the sauna after a lot of my runs. Um, I'll do some self massage and things like that, but I also get a lot of massage at work and things like that. But um, in terms of the gym and the strengthening, 
Uh, like I sort of mentioned earlier, I've had this hamstring tendinopathy um, for the last sort of 14, 15 weeks. So I've really focused a lot of my gym work recently on doing, uh, I guess, you know, hamstring curls and lots of isometrics and um, sort of hamstring-related strengthening work as well as I've actually done a lot of core as well. So I feel like, um, you know, my body is quite strong all the way through and, yeah, making sure that my, my quads are quite strong as well. I know that in the back end of a marathon or even the day after a marathon, you know, the thing that hurts the most is probably your quads. You can't sit down on the toilet, you know, walk up and down stairs. So I yeah, think having yeah. strong quads will give me a bit more resilience late in the marathon as well. So I've, I've focused on, on those sort of aspects of my gym this program round. Okay, yeah, yeah, and you try to do that, you know, all year round then? Most of the year round, yeah. So this okay. um, um, this prep has been slightly different because I've had a bit more of a hamstring core focus yep. than usual where yep. normally it was just like a general maintenance, um, you know, some, you know, you do your calf raises and hamstring stuff and quads yep. and um, you know, maybe some planks or little bits of aerobic stuff and um, where this one, yeah, has been a little bit different, but sure. quite much the same as well. Yep, yep. Um, overseas marathons, anything on the schedule such as Abbott Majors or or maybe like Lake Biwa? Have you done Lake Biwa before? Um, Lake Biwa is an option. Um, yep, I've, okay. So out of all the majors of I did Tokyo, and that was this year. Um, yep, yep. Next year, I probably won't get to do any of the majors because of of doing comrades in South Africa in June, yep. and then the World Championships for the hundred k um, in Netherlands. And that's yep. obviously if I do qualify, then I will be able to go. But those two events, you know, that's already two international trips for racing, so. Yeah, uh, I probably won't be able to get to the, any of the other ones. And mm. ideally, I would have done Berlin, but Berlin is a week after the hundred k's, so I'm oh, probably okay. not gonna, probably not going to set a PB there. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. definitely in the future. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and just for the listeners, like Biwa, um, is over there in Japan. It's been held since 1946, so it's the oldest running marathon. Um, but, uh, yeah, you have to run a sub 2.30 to qualify, guys, if you want to head over there. So, yeah, it's it's a great event full of the elites, um, pretty popular one to do. And I believe, I haven't raced in Japan, but I believe you get looked after pretty well as well. The Japanese, yeah, everything yeah. is yeah. so well organised. Yeah. Um, yeah. They just, they live and breathe marathon running. They're, they're just so good at organising mm. events. And mm. Another good one is also Fukuoka, which is in December. Um, I've yep. done that one before, and it's, mm. a, it's slightly more, um, it's a slightly easier event to get into at two hours 35. We'll get you okay. in. Okay, right. It must be um, cold like December, was it? No, you think it'd be snowing in December? Uh, well, it's the southern island of Japan. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So it, it's, it's not too bad. Right, yeah. Okay. But the, well, it's similar to like um, Tokyo Marathon around that eight degree type temperature or, or is it just yeah. got to be warm? Yeah. 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 Okay. But it starts at midday as well. Right. Okay. Yep. Yep. Right, yeah. 
Mate, just stepping away briefly uh, to cover some recent results, which I'm sure you were, you were watching. Uh, first up with um, Julian Spence, his result over there in Doha yesterday in the men's midnight marathon, an incredible form, performance by the Moose. What did you think of that one? It was a, it was an incredible run. I, I, um, I made sure I planned my long run this weekend around it, so I watched it yesterday morning, and it was really incredible to watch. I was, was really yeah. thankful that um, actually – the runners had better conditions than sure. what the women had, even though yeah. it was still 29 degrees. Yep. Um, but, yeah, it was great seeing um, Moose have a, a really fast run. And mm. in those conditions, that is a phenomenal time. And, um, mm. and mm. even a couple of other guys that I know that ran um, Caden Shields from New Zealand, and he had mm. a great run as well. And um, okay. right next to Yuki Kiwachi, who was there. And it was, mm. it was just amazing watch. You know, some of these world-renowned runners that you know and, you know, even the top sort of five guys were all amazing runners. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, how amazing is that, you know, like the Moose Julian to go run in a, a major championship with athletes like that and say, you know, mm. oh, it was in like an invitational-only race and he got to race in, with them and, you yeah. know, what an amazing experience. Yeah, he executed it absolutely perfectly. He even did a negative split. That's how, you know, that's how um, how well he sort of judged his pace. He certainly didn't get sucked in. I mean, he pretty much went out there, everything, uh, went out and, and did everything he, he wanted to do. So, yeah, it's certainly awesome. I mean, 2 not in, in those conditions, yeah, it's fantastic. And like you said, obviously there was a little bit of health concerns, what actually may happen out there after watching the women's marathon. But, yeah, I think the humidity was down. I think I saw it as 48%. Okay. And, yeah. Something yeah yeah so that that's early i mean the winning time was 210 so i when i saw that i assumed it, it wasn't too bad um but yeah no it was fantastic it was just awesome we're all so stoked and uh, over there in Ber- berlin bakaley's run two seconds short of the world record um yeah that was an awesome run as well wasn't it it was yeah and from what i've heard from other people that have finished further back in the field it got pretty cold at the end and they had a lot of rain and yeah. Um, so peculiarly seemed like he finished at a good, really good time and yeah. got out of the, the weather before it got any worse. But um, yeah, what yeah. an amazing run! Yeah, um, I mean, to think if he had got that world record, he would have had you know the five, the ten, and the, and the marathon. It would have been incredible. Yeah, yeah. In, absolutely incredible. And, mm. Yeah, and you know, I, I sort of thought that he was sort of gone and pulled out of too many marathons to be at the pointy end of those sort of fast times and you know he's just come out and shown everyone that you know he's still a phenomenal athlete and um it's just incredible for running in general yeah definitely yeah they're calling a big comeback yeah because he had a few uh few rocky years there a few dnfs and uh everyone's sort of writing him off but uh he's come back and answered so yeah no it's fantastic and wouldn't we love to see uh him and uh, Kipchoge go shoulder to shoulder before uh, one of them retires. That would be great. Um, hopefully, yeah. we'll get to see that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe at, uh, at Japan, Tokyo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And everyone's excited about this 159 project taking place um, this Saturday, weather permitting, over there in, in Vienna. Um, so there's sort of a lot to make make of it. Um, Ineos pretty much put 50 million into the project. Nike are selling a lot of shoes out of it. Um, the paces are being paid handsomely, which is great, especially with, I think, oh, we're up to about four or five Aussies in there at the moment. A couple of them heading straight over from Doha. Yeah, so that's well, pretty good. Yeah, we've got McSwain, Tiernan, Bet Robinson, Jack Rayner. 
Yeah. No, it's a pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. Yep. And is going to walk away with the treasure chest to add to it the others. And uh, but I, I I'm going to go out and say he's, he's going to break the two without a doubt. And uh, I'm going to say that um, he's going to do it by 42 seconds just to make it more fitting. Um, but what, what are your what are your thoughts on 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 it all? You, you uh, think it's good for running? You think it's? I mean, people are saying it's it's a big marketing, but at the end of the day, we're still going to see a human being you know, maybe run under two. Um, but um, and people say, well, you know, we'd like to see it in, in, in a proper road marathon, which I don't think we're that far off seeing the way they're going now. But yeah, what are your thoughts on the whole thing? I do think that it is. A, a, an amazing physical feat to accomplish. Yeah. Um, I would prefer to see it done in a, a legitimate race for the first time, just to be a bit more poetic, um, yeah. as opposed to, you know, you know, it's definitely a huge marketing campaign, and, and it's and it's mm. definitely do, doing really well, and you know, it's mm. got a lot of traction, and everyone's mm. really excited. It does create a lot of excitement about running, and that's the main thing. Like, sure. Um, you know, I, I think it's just great if, if it gets somebody off the couch and gets them out running, then, you know, I think it's a great a great cause. But, yeah, um, yeah if, if I had, if I was to have the romance about it, it would be in a major race where there's a few people going and it's a close race and, you know, mm. someone yeah. broke the two hours. That would, that would be yeah, For sure. really good. Yeah. But you know, I, I, I think that we're still a few years off seeing that, you know, legitimate rates um you know the mm. incremental things just take a lot longer and longer the faster you get so yeah but i mean it's really yeah. exciting and, and i'll definitely be watching um you know i'll have a little little party by myself watching it when it's on um if yep. it is on this day it would be really motivating for the race on sunday so who knows yeah. what day they'll yeah. do it but hopefully they'll yeah. let us know soon and yeah. yeah yeah for sure for sure and what do you think? Do you think he? You think uh, Elliot go under two? Or what's your prediction? I definitely think that that he could, based off you know yep. two years ago when he did the breaking mm. two Nike, um, mm. and then you know his run at Berlin last year. He he's definitely yep. the, the guy that can do it. Mm. Um, you know, I think it's easier to say no, he won't than yes, mm. but I would mm. see him do it. Mm. Yeah, it just seems that it would just be an anticlimax if all this happened and he just didn't do it. I don't know. It just seems like we're going to see the fairy tale sort of finish the way he wants. Um, yeah, but uh, maybe that's more emotional than reality. But, uh, yeah, I, I'd love to, love to see the man do it. But, yeah, like you said, we'd love to see it on the road. But uh, they're getting there. They're getting there. Mate, back to yeah. back to the race. I, I sort of have a, a race sort of routine that I sort of follow generally leading to a race because it sort of makes me sort of feel a bit more comfortable and relaxed and sort of provide that uh, familiarity. Even when I'm overseas, you sort of follow the same sort of procedures. Do you sort of have those sort of strategies in place? Yeah, I, I do. There's, you know, there's a few things. I, I like to sort of um, shut out a little bit of the world for a little bit and, you know, maybe I'll listen to some music and, you know, try and relax all day on a Saturday and um, try and not, be on my phone too much. Um, I, I find that I'll be able to focus a lot, and you know, and I don't want to actually have to think about um, the race too much. Like I sort of just want to think about other things and um, mm. put the race aside, and I sort of know what I want to do and 
how I want to do it. And the, the more I think about it, the more, you know, that you can sort of worry yourself out of these things. So I think if I just show up and um, just try and run a smart race and, um, you know, the, the rest is sort of take care of itself. So I, I do just try and focus on other things other than the run itself the day before. Yeah. Besides logistics, like, oh, make sure I've got my bottles and make sure, sure. I've got my race number and things like that. Otherwise, I don't think about running at certain pace or anything. It's just, you know, mm. listen to a good song, maybe put on some something to watch, watch the season of a show on Saturday and, yeah, just really put the feet up. Sort yeah. of the race routine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, have you got an idea? You know what? Uh, who's going to be out there? And uh, you know, is any sort of uh, agreements forming a pack, pace pack, whatever it might be, or you sort of go out there and, and play by ear and you know see if a little pack forms? Or I guess what I'm saying is, is there any you've been chatting to the boys to organise a group, or are you just sort of run in your own race and? and I've sort of chatted, and I've seen the start list, okay. and I, you know, there's a, a bunch of guys that are going at 218 pace and i think there's a 216 pace and i just think it might be a bit fast you know i think to run even to run 219.50 i feel like you've got to be in two hours 18 shape so then to go out at 218 pace i think it will be a bit a bit sharp so i might just stick with my pace and 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 how i'm feeling and if i'm feeling great then you know i'm not going to just you know hold back but um i Mm. I do want to make sure that i keep my race plan relatively intact and don't run Mm. beyond my limits um so i'll 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 try and stick with my sort of 220 pace and then um you know potentially that might be picking off a bit of damage at the end of the race um well i i sort of hope for me that I have that so I at least have the carrot to work something to build onto. But I also hope that whoever I'm picking off, um, you know, it's not because they're having a bad day or something. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. it'll be it'll be interesting. But I, I do have a list of um, some of the runners and, um, yeah, it might, be, it might be a little bit lonely. But I'll, I'm sort mm. of, I feel fit enough that I can run by myself anyway. Okay. Yeah, that was my question. I mean, sometimes there's a little little pack sort of 50, 60 metres up ahead, but, you know, you look down at your watch and you're sitting on the average and you're sitting on the estimated time and everything's right, but you're on your own. It's a bit windy, but there's a pack 50, 60 metres up the road. Do you sort of think about, you know, slowly pulling them in or are you happy to just sit on your own even though you're not getting that protection? If it was windy, then yeah. I would definitely try and make up some of that some of that room and yep. and even on the other end if there was a pack just behind me and it was windy yep. i would yep. then think you know i don't want to like stop and wait for them and things, nah. but I would, maybe yep. i might slowly let them try and catch me mm-hmm. um, yeah, through a drink on, station or something yeah yeah it, it'll just depend on what the mm. weather is on the day and i don't try and look at it too much in advance but you yep, can't yep. you can't not avoid it you know people will start sure. talking to you, oh i've seen the weather and it's this and it's that and yep. so so far it's looking all right but um you know i think melbourne weather you know it can vary by 10 degrees on any day so yep yep 
south to Melbourne, uh, I guess, you know, what's the plan after Melbourne for, for the rest of the year? You mentioned is you, is some plans for next year, but what about for the rest of this year? I I do want to have a little bit of a a break, and so maybe I'll, I'll, I'll sort of start with some unstructured training. So it'll just be, I'll still want to run every day, but it'll just be based on how I'm feeling, and I don't want to try and push it too soon. Um, but some things I would love to do is um, there's the Steigen 10,000 metres in Geelong, which is a really great race, and that's where I hit, got my 10K PB last year. So okay. I wouldn't mind going back there and maybe doing some uh, track stuff, so like the 1,500, 5,000 metres, the 10,000, just yeah. to sort of tick the legs over and get the speed up while yeah. I'm potentially not doing much mileage. But then again, I also need to go and do that 100K qualifying race. So, mm. you know, I'm not sure whether I'll do that this year. It might be at the start of next year. Um, so it, it's interesting that do the marathon and I could go completely one end of the spectrum or the other. So okay. um, I'm a bit all over the place, honestly, at the moment in terms of yeah. where I go. It sort of depends on how I pull up and... If I have if I have a run that I'm happy with, then I'm happy to move on to the next sort of um, distance for the next little bit. And and if the plan, then I might have to reload, look at heading somewhere else. But um, yeah, so far I've I've not put any plans in order, um, just so that I know that Melbourne is a focus. I'd hate to be like 30 kilometres in and be uh you know on the borderline of missing out on my goal and and then think, oh, well, it's over now, just go somewhere else. So, yeah, Melbourne's the only plan at this stage. Yeah, no, it's a good way of thinking for sure. Okay, Dion, look, all the best on Sunday, mate. Um, hope the conditions are favourable for fast times um, and your race goes super smooth without any hiccups. Um, I've got you down on the live tracking app, mate, so I'll be watching in anticipation of a fine result from you. Um, thank you once again for sharing your story with myself and the listeners on the Running Guide podcast. And, uh, yeah, all the best on Sunday, Dion. Great. Thanks so much, Ashton. Thanks for having me. No worries, Dion. See you, mate. Okay. Thank you.